Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night cheer, as we come upon the end of the year. We dedicate yet another shir in her name. Dedications for fuas, for yeshuas, for yardsites, for births are always welcome. I'd like to, at this point, Baruch Hashem, make a rachav shevach vayidoya, praise to God, the fact that our daughter, Miriam Menucha, Baruch Hashem became a kala this week to Arava Gansberg. The wedding be an auspicious time. Should they mitzlachas? May they build the binyan ad everlasting edifice in the in the ways of Tera and mitzvahs, the foundations of Tera. This week, Shabbos, Shabbos Rishchidish Marcheshun, Friday and Shabbos Rishchidish. Spoke in the previous Yerim about Chedesh Cheshvan, also being called Chedesh Bull. Some connection with the Mabel, which started in this month, and all the other explanations and commentaries on it. Mar Cheshvan, as we said, it's called Mar Cheshvan, Mar meaning bitter. Some hold that there's a day, it's the only month of the year that has no holiday whatsoever, no Yom Tov at all, and therefore many have the opinion they don't make weddings in the month of Cheshvan. Okay, I think that's clear. The Shabbos, we go into the second parasha of the Chumash, Bereshis, Genesis, we begin the parasha of Nayach, Nayach is Sadiq Tam Hayyab Adereisav. Many, many different points to be brought out about this parsha. We know the story, of course, of Neach and the Mabel, the flood. The world was not behaving the way it should, and the Almighty brought a flood, destroyed the entire world, uh, barring Neach, his children, his wife. And the animals that Neach collected as per instructions from the Almighty. Neach tended to all the animals throughout the duration of the time that the Mabel, the Ark, was sealed off due to the floods. And we know the Medish tells us that at one point 
he was tending to the animals and the lion was not getting it food fast enough and the lion strikes Neach, kicks Neach and the many different explanations as to what exactly took place what exactly happened and what is the lesson to us the fact that the lion kicked Neach And why, out of all the animals, of course, the lion, and actually I had a very interesting uh, question this week, somebody asked me about dreaming about a lion, what it has to, what it means. Nech dedicated himself to the animals. It says, only Neach and those with him in the ark survived. Neach's dedication to the animals aboard the ark teaches us the extent one must go, must be willing to go to, to fulfill his divine mission in the world. Particularly, Neach's devotion to providing his passengers with physical sustenance. This concept serves, let's call it a metaphor, for those who have been given the task, who are tasked with providing others with spiritual substance, sustenance. Rashi describes that it took a physical toll on Neach. The way he tended to the animals literally took a physical toll on him. Rashi says he was groaning, spitting blood. As we said before, in Mishnah it's brought down that the lion actually struck Neach. Mishnah says, Hine, behold, a righteous man is requited for his sins in this world. And therefore he was struck by the lion. Neach was a spiritual person. And as we said before, Tzadik Haya Tamim Bidereisov. In his generation he was the most fulfilled person, most fully delica- dedicated person, who was dedicated to God in the most utmost way. Even though, in spite of the fact that it caused a determined to his detriment to his physical health, Neach did not back down an iota. This is a lesson to each and every one of us. How we need to behave, how we need to act, when it comes to carrying out the mission to bring terror and godliness and holiness to the world. Even 
if it's the expense of physical, our own physical comfort. Even if we find ourselves groaning and spitting blood from all the challenges that this presents. But at the same time, we must learn from there also never to impose this readiness for this comfort on others. I'm willing to do it. Okay, I'm willing to do this myself, says Nayak, but I don't impose this, I don't ask others to do this as well the same way. And Rashi concludes that the reason that the lion struck him, why is it telling us this? To show us that although you, Nayak, were very, very stingy, shall we say, on your physical pleasures, because you are being so spiritual, you cannot impose that on the animal. And therefore, Neach was punished for delaying the lion's food. So where somebody, where a person, must be prepared for, to carry out his lofty mission, no matter what it takes, no matter what sacrifice is involved, this cannot be imposed or inconvenienced anyone else and one may not delay anyone else's life anyone else's pleasures anyone else's existence because we are being spiritual Thank you. Tells us the Teda, the name of this Pasha, this Pasha's Nayach. Nayach, as you might translate, in a simple translation, is resting, relaxing. Lashen Menucha. And usually, the name of the Pasha emulates the Pasha. Tells us what the Pasha is talking about. The taken of the Pasha. But this word, thank you, Neach, resting, doesn't, doesn't jive, shall we say, with the Pasha. With the message of the Pasha. With the storyline of the Pasha. Our Pasha talks about, in the most part, terrible things that happened. The flood, the Derha Flogger and their punishment, their sin and punishment. But yet, the Pasha says, my name is Neach, representing Menucha. Calmness. How is that possible? That the name Neach, Menucha, should be fitting to this Pasha. <coughs> Where the entire Pasha is talking about upheaval. The entire Pasha talks about (coughs) 
the punishments and things that people were going through. And even the May Noyach, the waters of Noyach, which we refer to, which is the name of the waters that we give, the name that was given to the Mabel, the flood, were called May Noyach, also brings about the same question. <laughs> May Noyach, it'd be a proper name for a vacation spot, for a vacation spot, to a spa or something like that. It's called May Noyach, waters of rest, May Menuchas. There's a bungalow colony called May Menuchas. And yet, the Meinach refers to the flood. What kind of Menucha was that? It destroyed the entire world. But the name Neach teaches us the true essence, the inner essence that's hidden behind all that happens in this parsha. The Mabel itself, the Dera Flogger itself, were things that were not pleasant, were not peaceful, were not calm. But through them came about <coughs> the ultimate rest of the world, the ultimate tranquility in the world where so much so where God promises this never to have to happen again to the world the reign of 40 days representing the 40 number 40 or 40 saw of a mikvah which purifies and elevates and therefore the marble itself purified the world purified it so much so that it was no comparison to what it was before the marble And therefore the Medr says that when Neach comes out of the Teva, she saw a new world. A world that was now elevated to a level that never seen before. Imagine a world that only ten short generations prior was just created. A perfect creation. But that perfect creation was not as perfect and as beautiful and as clear as it was now. And therefore it's only with this world that the Almighty takes a pact the Deides Elam for all future generations. So the words may neach are words of are, are waters that ultimately brought abra- brought about a peace and a tranquility like never before. The Maisa. What is this to us today? The ultimate intention of all these hardships and all hardships and all tests that one goes through 
even though they are negative sometimes, and there are things that appear to the person is not happy and not pleasant, they are set aside and they are put into action by God for a good reason. Only through the merit of all the hardships that one goes through and one stands and survives, only then is he matzliach, only then is he successful to elevate and to bring out all the sparks, the hidden sparks of Kedusha that were hidden till now. So much so that they are turned now into the greatest level, the highest of levels. And this helps him in the service of God. This has to also happen in the season, which Pashas Neach always comes out. We are now leaving the month of Tishrei, the month of holidays. And we're going back to the mundane days, mundane world, as I said before, that so much so the Marchejvin, so in contrast to Tishrei, that whereas Tishrei is full of Yom Tevim, Marchejvin, doesn't boast even one. And when a person parts from the seventh month, from that holy month, Shvi is Lashon Seveya, Muzba, something that sates a person. The Meyade Kedish, the holy, holy holidays. And now enters and goes into the simple world. Drowning, perhaps, in the Ma'im Rabin, in the great waters that are now the trials and tribulations presented to them in the worldly fashion. To the back to the grind, as we say, with the concepts of Parnosa, of sustenance, worldly issues. <laughs> so comes Pashas Nayak at this time and tells us. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't get anxious. Don't let the Mayim Rabim, don't let this flood that now comes upon you after leaving the holy holidays into the simple worldly manners. And not only don't get, don't get anxious from it and don't get affected by it, you can now take this and turn this over to the greatest, the waters called Mei Neach, that will bring about peace and tranquility within themselves. How? Says the Almighty God when the Mei Neach started, Boy El HaTeva, come to the ark. Teva, as we understand also, is a word. As the Baal Shem HaKadosh explains, the Holy Baal Shem Tov says, Enter into the words of Teda and Tefillah, of learning, studying Torah and prayer. And not only enter, not only use them, not only involve yourself, but attach, attach yourself with them. If you'll do this, not only will you be saved from the flood, but you will turn them over to be made Nayak. 
the troubles of Parnassa, the worldly involvements, we will take them, we will elevate, we will sanctify, and we will make them higher in the service of God. And if a person, when one knows how to properly channel this, they do not have to be affected by this. And then they see the goodness of this itself. <laughs> Honestly, I introduce you and I tell you here is Mr. Cohen and his family. He gives charity to this place and to this place and to that place. He's on the board of directors of this and the board of directors of that. Oh, by the way, this is his wife, Sylvia. This is his beautiful children. Hello. If I tell you the wording, this is the birth, these are the children, these are the families of this person. The next sentence is, this is his wife, these are his children. This is not what the Taylor says, though. These are the offspring of Neach. And the Taylor continues, Neach is Sadiq Tamim He was righteous, he was complete in his generation, etc. Then it says he had his wife and he had three children, Shem Chamin Yafis. Hello? But it shouldn't, it should name, list off, after saying, Eh, the tail is there, it should list off who the tail is are. And then go in to tell us about what Nayachil is. Rashi answers two answers to this. One explanation. The m- titles of Neach, Tzadik, Talmim, Hayyabid, Reisav, sorry, is a Maimah Musgur. This itself is in a lesson. A lesson. Since it's mentioned and tells us about his praise, as it says, Zeicher Tzadik Livracha. Therefore, it's mentioned first what he was, his attributes. A second explanation, says Rashi. Teldis. What is Teldis? What is offsprings of a person really? His good deeds. What do we recognize a person with? With his deeds. And therefore, Iker Teldeseim shall tzaddikim, Maisim Tevim. The main Teldes of a tzaddik, of a righteous person, is their good deeds. And therefore, the Teda enumerates. His good deeds are the good deeds of Neach. Eila tell this Neach. Neach is tzaddik, tam hoyabed reisav. 
the second explanation of Rashi, it does not, it's not befitting to say these are the children of Neach and the name of his family. But rather, exactly as it says. But the fact of the matter is, excuse me, Teda, for saying this, but it's not the first time we're hearing the name Neach. Neach's name is mentioned already in Pashat Bereshis. And therefore, according to the Klal of Zechit Tzadik Levracha, to mention a Tzadik in a, worm, in a form of blessing, Teda should have done that already in Neach. In Bereshis. First time he mentioned his name. Why wait now to Pashat Neach? If you're keeping score at home, there's Gemara and Erechim. Tezvav Amit Bezin. It's brought down in, in the Hayyem Yem. Bashem Tev quotes as well. It discusses the worst sin that a Jew can commit. The worst sin a Jew can commit is Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara, the Gemara says, kills three people. Lashon Hara kills three people. The one who says it, the one who listens, and the one it's said about. The one talking Lashon Hara, okay, you're doing something horrible. You have no business talking bad of another Jew. The one listening should hold his ears and say, don't talk Lashon Hara, don't. Okay. I understand their sin. They sinned with Lashon Hara. Excuse me. Why the person that's talked about? Why does he too fall into this sin? Who's there? We learn here how bad it is when someone talks bad about another person. It affects the person itself. When a person talks Lashonara about another person, he reveals on the outside what till now was only a machshava, in thought. The concept of talk communication is only between one and another person. I don't need to talk to myself, although 
when one talks to themselves, they usually feel they're talking to the smartest person in the world. And of course, when one talks to themselves and has an argument, they can't lose the argument. But, the concept of communication was created for the Zulas, for the other creations. What was sitting in my mind and in my heart, stayed in my mind and my heart, as long as I don't communicate it. But when it comes to, when it's communicated, I take out a secret and I bring it into to revealed. And this has an actual essence of a strength of strength. It affects others. If you keep your score at home, the Yemanic Subis Khasamad Bay says, Al Tiftah Pelasatan. Don't give the Sultan, don't open your mouth for the Sultan to be able to do things. When we talk about the bad that has another person, we cause this bad to come out in the, in the open. But not to come out in the open to expose the person per se, but we bring out the inner bad of the person. If that's the negative, how much more so on the positive? Because as we know, if you're keeping score at home, the Yomara Seita, Yeralaf and Meralaf tells us, Miruba Midateva, Mimidis Puranis. It's greater. The good attributes than those of punishment. When we speak good of a person, we speak of their attributes, we cause, in essence, that the strength, the goodness of this person gets stronger and stronger. And it brings an actual power. It gives power to the person. So if this is what the talk of a person can affect, how a person can affect the lifestyle of, a reg- of another person, although the person talking is only a regular boss of Adam, a man of flesh and blood, But this is how direct effect can be caused. <coughs> Sorry, can be caused. How much more so when the Almighty writes in the Teda the praise of a person? How much it helps this person improve and become what the Almighty says about him. And this gives them their ultimate strength that they need. So now I understand. The praise of Nayak Ish Sadiq was not in Pasha's Bereshis, but rather waited till this Pasha. Because now is when he needed this ultimate strength. To be able to stand up against his generation. And now we see what his real values what his real worth was because he stood up against and he had to work so hard and strive so hard to keep things going
From all this we learn the value of the seeing good in each and every Jew. And to speak only of good. And by talking good, the person will be good. And the person will improve. And the person will become better. The Pasuk tells us about Yemar Hashem Neneach, and we spoke before, the Almighty says to Neach, Boy Teva, come to the Teva. Who should come? you and your entire family the waters of the of the Mabel sorry known as Mayim Zidainim which the Almighty poured down into the world, have two different categories. One, the water was called Tehem Rabba, and the second was the water that came down, Arubis HaShemayim. I'm going to explain. The Mabel in general in its own right, the flood, hints to the waters of Tirdas. Of Tirdas meaning troublesome, troublesome waters. Everyone has their own personal mabble, their own personal flood that they need to deal with, their own personal water that they need to tread. And therefore, their own mission. Their own private mission that they need to complete. And here we have the two intertwined. The first, Tahim Rabba. The troubles, the physical trouble of the world. The troubles of Parnassah. The daily trials and tribulations. And the second, the Rubus HaShemayim, these are very higher things that a person involves in, <coughs> community affairs, etc. Also, are very time-consuming and troubling, and they take the person away from his tafkir of the Elam, of how and what he needs to do in the world. Which is, studying Teda.
mitzvahs. These troublesome times, these physical trials and tribulations, are easy to overcome. As a person knows that all there is trials and tribulations to cause stumbling blocks, to cause problems and headaches and hardships, to be able to do the Almighty's will. But a person knows that that's what's doing. But when a person's involved in community affairs and doing and helping and running around helping other people, they sometimes tend to mistake this as the ultimate mission. So we need to differentiate the different types of the waters. There's an easy way to understand this. If a person involved in these things, as important as they might be, if it affects his attachment, the attachment of the Jew to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it re- holds him back from filling, fulfilling his obligation of studying Torah and doing mitzvahs, like it's Paskin and Shulchan Aruch. These are called Mayim Azidenim, waters that are causing the person problems. How does one save themselves from such things? The simplest and easiest way It's simple. As the Ebishta says, Boy El Hateva. Come into the ark. Telling the person to come into the ark, as we said before, Teva is referenced also as the words of Teda by saying Boyala Teva by doing and acting in Boyala Teva coming to the Teva thereby by coming into the words of Teda and the words of Davening of Tvila a person surrounds himself with these words. And therefore he can overcome all trials and tribulations. When a person opens his eyes in the morning, he turns to God and says, Immediately he praises God. And then washes his hands and says, And then davens. He needs to come into these words, not just become impartial with the words, not just repeat them automatically, robotically, 
but rather become one with the words that he is davening. And when he learns Taylor the same, when a Jew behaves like that, it becomes ingrained in him the recognition that he is attaching himself to the Almighty, to the one that rules the world. And at that point he will see success physically, spiritually. You don't start finding excuses, why yes or why not, but you're directly devoting yourself to the study of Teda, to the doing of mitzvahs. Because you're going into, you're entering into them. These give you the strength to overcome the floods, etc. But one can still make that mistake. And a Jew could think that I need to close myself within my teva. I saved my own soul. I saved my own life. I'm good. Therefore, it has to tell us, the Almighty says to Nayach, come to the teva Atta. Yourself, your son, your wife, the daughter, the wives, the wives of your sons. It's very important to worry that the word Teva reaches to everyone. And this is therefore a perpetual message. Also you who are so involved in doing all that you have to to serve God, you too have an obligation to go out there and to influence a fellow Jew. One who is not yet doing as such. One who is not yet acting that way. One who has not yet come to the Teva, but rather bring them to the Teva as well. We learn, we hear in this week's parasha, another very, very powerful lesson as far as Lashon Hara, as far as judging a fellow Jew or a fellow person in mankind. The Taylor tells us a very, very poignant story. He plants as he comes out of the ark a vineyard. Needless to say that, needless to repeat actually, that the custom in my house is every Pashas Neach we tell the story of the planting of the vineyard. Um, if you want to hear it, you have to go to the archives of Neach. Nayak plants a vineyard.
wonderful. But unfortunately, Neach samples his vineyard. And Neach becomes inebriated. Very difficult to grasp. The picture here, the scenario, the man that we've been describing throughout the year tonight, as Neachish Tzadik Tam how perfect and complete a person he was, and now he drinks from the strong wines and is left unconscious. But more than just unconscious, unfortunately, Taylor tells us that he took over early. He was exposed. Tells us the Taylor. He had three sons, Shem, Chom, and Yafes. Vayar Chom Avikinan es Elvas Aviv. Chom saw his father. And he went out and told his two brothers, Shem and Yafes, says the Taylor, took a garment. They backed in without looking at their father and covered their father. Ufneim Acheranis Vervasavim Leirohu again says the Taylor repeats their faces were turned away and they did not see their father. So from scrutinizing this Pasuk we learn the Taylor wants to tell us that they did not look. But it says already twice prior that they backed into the room. So it's obvious they did not see. But the tailor wants to stress it was not just a concept that they walked in backwards, there was something more to it. The Balshemtov tells us. When a person sees bad in his friend, this is telling us, as we told the story once of the Kajan Samagid and Schwarz Wolf, when one sees bad in another person, this is just to tell us that he is seeing his own essence, the bad within himself. Because the person is only a mirror figure to him. Someone whose innards are totally clean doesn't see any bad in another person. When you look in a mirror and you see dirt in a mirror, it's your reflection. Therefore, what is ultimate lesson here in this? Everything is Ashkacha Pratis, everything is divine providence. If a person himself is clean and perfect and immaculate from any wrongdoing, he will never see any wrongdoing by another Jew. But one who is not, 
he's shown all the bad and evil of another person. Why? To shake himself, to awaken himself, to bring himself the awareness of what how bad he is. And then perhaps, once he notices, once he gets the message, perhaps he can fix this. person can ask, how do I know? That when a person sees something bad by another person, it's in order to fix, to repair something within themselves. Maybe I'm coming and I have to come teach this person a lesson to show him how he has to repent, to show him how to be better, because I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what you did last summer. And therefore, I am coming to make you do better now. Maybe that's why I have to see. Taylor tells us, it's an obligation. One needs to reprimand his friend. Perhaps that's the actual message here. And that's why I know and see the bad of this person. I see the evil of this person. The answer is, if all he had to do was fix and repair and help rectify the other person, he would not see bad. He would see broken. He would see something that needs to be repaired, not something that's evil and wicked. And the stress would be repairing, to fix. You see a car, and you notice on the car, a bad engine. You're a mechanic, obviously. I wouldn't know a bad engine from from a good one. But the mechanic who sees the bad engine, nope. Does he see a bad engine? Does he see a repairable engine? An engine that he can now repair? Does he look at this to say, eh, it's garbage? Or does he look at it and say, oh, we have to fix this? But the fact that he's so bad is because he himself is bad. He himself is wicked. And therefore, He doesn't tell the person, fix yourself. He doesn't tell the person, do better, improve yourself. He tells the person, you're bad, you're evil, you're a mad man. You're a wicked man. And the tailor says, the reason he has those words leave his mouth is that his ears should hear them. It should echo to him to know how bad and evil he is. And this is what the Teda is asking and requesting from us. By telling us the behavior of the children of Nayakh. Chom. The evilness was within himself. And it says, Vayar. He saw 
some the fault of his fathers. Because he himself was bad. And he saw therefore bad even by his own father. On the other hand, shame and Yafas. They were pure from any wickedness, from any bad. They knew they knew something needed to be fixed. They knew, knew that it needed something needed to be covered. And therefore, they did not see. They just came in and fixed. And the lesson to us is that a Jew needs to see only good by a fellow Jew. If there's something that needs to be repaired, so be it. May it be repaired. But, only the repair, not to see the evil. So much more so, not to tell others about this person's evil. Like Chom did. Chom came out and said what he saw by the father. This, says the Teda, is the worst, the lowest of levels. And this is reverting back to what we said before about the talking of Lashon Hara. And when you go in this way, you merit to become a vessel for Teda. And you you merit to see the resting of the Shekinah as it is in the tents of shame through Achdus and Avas Israel. We know that Asaradetis Mineach Vad Avram and all the generations the Mishnah tells us Bikyavis Avram received the merit for all the generations prior. Neach did not receive this. For two reasons. Firstly, he didn't give them all the reward. Because they were mashkas They were not proper between one another. And secondly, Neach was working so hard on himself. He didn't even have time to pray for his generation. So therefore he could not bring about the mitzvahs of his generation and definitely not redeem the the mitzvahs of the previous generations. And therefore he did not have any time or place to bring about this reward. Even if they had any kind of reward, it would not reflect on him. We in turn are living in the last generation of Golas Yidin. And therefore we have an obligation to act in Midesachesed of Avram which is to be Makarev called Yehudi, to be bring closer each and every Jew with Avas Yisrael, not just Avas Yisrael, but Avas Yisrael, the Vovis, a thorough within our hearts. And to awaken 
and to bring closer to the Almighty. And this way one redeems the spirituality, the holiness that's hidden within each and every Jew and all the previous generations and all the sparks, the holy sparks will come into their fruition to the Gula Mitzah Shleim Abiyas Meshach Tzadkenu Bikarayv Mamash Shabbat Shalom to all and Rosh Chodesh Tov.